You're listening to Focus on the Bible. A young girl passed through the reach of our ministry one night. We asked that young lady what she thought she needed to do to have eternal life. She said, well, one thing is I have to confess all my sins. We asked her, do you even know all your sins? And that young lady bowed her head and shook it in a no answer. She was so sad and her countenance was sad to all of us as well. How much confusion there is everywhere about sin. And if we have sin, and we all do, how can we ever reach holy God in heaven forever? Let's talk about this today as we focus on the Bible. Romans 3 and verse 23 is a very simple and clear verse about our sin. Here's what it says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does this verse mean? Well, it says that we've all sinned. All means all. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, every part of the whole human race, all of us together, all heaped up into one big pile, we're all sinners. This is the universality of sin. All of us need to own it. We've fallen short of the glory of God. I know it's an embarrassment. It's such a shame. But all the way from you and me, all the way back to Adam, we've all sinned. And not a one of us today is sinless. What does the word sinned mean? Well, in this verse, the word sinned is a Greek word, hamartanas, the word hamartana. And the word hamartana means missed the mark. We've all missed the mark. Now, this is an archer's term. Right out of the world of bows and arrows, the Bible pulls this word hamartana. And it means that there is an archer. He puts in the arrow. He pulls back the bow. He aims the very best he can and lets that arrow fly. But his arrow misses the bullseye. And so when it comes to this conversation about sin, God is telling us that we all did our very best. We aimed that arrow. We all let it fly and every single one of us missed the mark. Now you might compare one person to another person or a group of three or five, or you might compare yourself to all the other people you know. And your arrow may have landed a little closer to the bullseye than someone else's did, but that is beyond the point. The point here is that we fell short of the glory of God. And when it comes to heaven and having everlasting life with God, that's all that matters. It's not that we become better than someone else who's a sinner. The point here is that none of us measures up to God. It's His heaven, and that's a holy heaven. I meet so many people who tell me that they're trusting in their very best efforts in life to get them to heaven. But friend, what I want us all to understand today is that God doesn't have a B-minus heaven. He doesn't have a pretty good heaven where pretty good people get to go who don't have a whole lot of sin. The only heaven we have with God is a perfect one. It's absolutely holy, like God is holy. 
And we've fallen short of that kind of glory in life. So the Bible says we've come short. What does that mean? We've come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is absolutely unreachable for sinners. Sin is a fact of life for us all in one way or another. Well, no, Freddie, I'm saved. Well, so am I. But I'm willing to perfectly admit that I have still sinned way beyond the moment of my salvation in Jesus Christ. And now I call you, won't you admit the same? Sin is a fact of life in your church. Sin is a fact of life among the church's ministers. In one way or another, we all sin. Now, when you say that to people, some might become offended. Because they think that when we use the word sin, we're talking about the big sins. And someone might say, well, I've never murdered anyone. I've never robbed a bank or anything like that. No, no, those are sins, sure. But sin means that we miss the mark of God's perfection. And we all sin probably every day. Probably, in fact, this very hour, you and I both have sinned. Sin is so easily achieved when you understand what it really means. It means that sin is not what God would do. It's not what God would think. It's not what God would say if He were us. And we've all fallen short. Now, there are sins of commission. That means that God has an expectation that we will do a thing. And we do the other thing. We commit sin when we do a sin of commission. We commit sin all the time. But you know, there's another kind of sin. It's called a sin of omission. It means that we omitted something that we were supposed to do, but we didn't do the thing. James chapter 4 and verse 17 speaks about a sin of omission. Here's what it says. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him... It is sin. So has there ever been a good thing that you were supposed to do and you didn't do the thing? Or did you know that was sin? So at the end of the day, how many sins of omission are we guilty of? We didn't do the thing that was the good thing. We knew that we should have done it, but maybe we didn't have time. Or maybe we just needed to think about it a while longer and then the opportunity window closed. It didn't get done. And if it was a good thing that we were supposed to do and we didn't do it, it's just as much a sin as a sin of commission when we had a command from God and we broke it. I have two questions for you today. Number one, is salvation by turning from our sins? Friend, if turning from our sins means that we stop doing sin then turning from sins could never ever be a requirement for our salvation or it would simply mean no one has ever been saved. No one has ever stopped sinning. In one way or another, we've all sinned. I have often in places told crowds, if I could take the thoughts of this crowd and individually beam them onto the side of a building in the town square, we'd all have to leave town. No one, not a single person has ever corrected me. In fact, they all smile when I say that. Sin is universal. 
And God has never given the command in order to be saved that we have to stop doing sin. Now, of course, we're not saying that stopping sins is a wrong thing, a bad idea. No, no, I hope you stop doing all the sin that you're doing. And I hope you think that for me as well. But I'm simply saying that is not and could never be a requirement for being saved into eternal life. And if it were, we all have fallen short of it and we all go to hell. Question number two is, is salvation by confessing all our sins? Well, there is a Bible confession. It's 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9. And the Bible is very clear that for those who are saved when we sin, we should confess those sins to God. What's at stake here is not our salvation because we already have salvation if we're saved. If we already have eternal life, then we can't lose that because it's eternal. But what we could lose by sinning, by continuing to sin, is we could lose our fellowship with God. That's our intimacy that we have with the Lord. And that could be lost because of sin. So God tells saved people that we should confess our sins and that when we do, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That means he... He gives us a blanket salvation when we believe in Christ to be saved. That's judicial forgiveness. But fellowship forgiveness is when a believer in Jesus, a child of God, confesses sin so that he can keep that intimacy with God that we call fellowship. But is confessing our sins a requirement to be saved? No, it's not. Jesus never told Nicodemus in John 3.16 to confess his sin to be saved. In John chapter 4, there's a woman who has a lot of sinful issues in her life, the woman at the well. Jesus didn't tell her to confess her sins. John 5, 24 is not a requirement to be saved, that we confess our sin. The requirement is believing in Jesus. That's the requirement. It's not that we confess every sin that we've ever done. As the young lady learned, we don't even know all our sins, do we? And we're only playing religious games with God when we think that somehow we can whip ourselves up into spiritual shape and reach the point that we don't have any sense. Someone is deceiving themselves when they think that thing. Make no mistake, sin is not to be taken lightly. It's not a light thing to have fallen short of the glory of God. It's not a light thing to be disobedient to God. But friend, if it's up to us to get rid of our sin, we bought the farm. No one's going to heaven. It is absolutely impossible that we would ever clean ourselves up, that we reach the glory of God in ourselves. That is self-righteousness, which is in itself a horrible sin. It's entirely possible today that someone listening has stopped drinking, stopped cussing, stopped stealing, stopped speeding, stopped lying, and will go to hell because they've never seen the proper answer to the question, how can my sin be taken away? Friend, the answer is not in becoming righteous in ourselves. The answer is in seeing that God will give us His righteousness by believing in Jesus Christ. Look, the answer is in Romans chapter 3, 
Two verses before the bad news that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. God says this to us all. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. What's he saying here? He's saying that you and I could have the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's only by faith in Jesus. You see, you and I lack this righteousness of God because of our sin. We've fallen short of that kind of glory. But that kind of righteousness of God is available to us, and it's by believing in Jesus Christ. This righteousness of God that we can have is not to speak about the attribute of God's righteousness. That's not what this is referring to. Nor is it referring to a change of character or a change of behavior in the sinful person. See, if that were true, that we could change our lives and be good enough for God, well, then Jesus could have avoided what happened at the cross. But this is all about what happened at the cross. The greatest news in the whole wide world, friend, is that Jesus Christ took your sin and mine to the cross. There he bore it in his own body. And there he paid a death penalty for every single sin that you've ever done. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he calls all men everywhere to change their minds and to believe in him. And he gives a promise that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're never going to make it if we trust in ourselves. But the good news is if we trust in Jesus Christ, we have his righteousness added to our account. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24 says this good news. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How do I get in Christ Jesus? I believe in Him. And if I believe in Him, I have His redemption by the grace of God. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can mail us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, www.freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. This is Focus on the Bible. Focus on the Bible.